Do you think that Twitter is going to follow through with uh, their uh, CFO's apparent threats to uh, eventually manage their their news feed? Their, 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 the, you know, so that people use a quote-unquote Facebook-style filtered feed? I think they will. Um, they might have some more options, maybe some more customization if they were smart. So let people have that filtered feed if they want it and not if they don't. I don't know if that would be too difficult to manage, but I mean, what people, what companies need to realize is we are at the time now of, you know, the you, like the user, like it's all about them. It's, it's not about you anymore. You know, like how can you better serve your customer? Right. You know, so if, if they don't want that because they want it, you know, they like the real-time news feed or the whatever it is, then you have to figure out a way to make money off of that. Get advertising in there or have people pay for Twitter accounts or, you know. I mean, I, I just don't understand why they don't just have companies pay. Like, you want to be okay. in this bar? Like, you're, you an, you're an ugly dude. It's ladies' night for everybody else, and you're an ugly dude, and your cover is like $500,000 a month. And then you can come hang out and have conversations and, and walk up to cute girls and say, hey, want to buy my jeans? And they'll probably buy your jeans. But you know what I mean? Like, just make them pay. They have all the money. I mean, seriously. The, the amount of brand awareness that, like, those companies that are getting on Twitter. I mean, I'm sure they're paying for it in advertising and other things. But not nearly as much as what they're getting. I think. Well, uh, the Twitter, um, I guess, uh, financial results haven't been that impressive, at least, you know, in the judgment of, uh, you know, a lot of observers. Well, they, they haven't... They haven't brought in a lot of money, I guess. What have they done? What's, what, what's new on Twitter? What's the coolest, newest thing you've well, done on what, Twitter? What, what can be new other than messing with the basic formula is a question. Well, do you think there are improvements that you'd like to make to Twitter right now? Mm. No, I'm not. I, you know, I'm not engaged enough on Twitter to I feel that's very strongly about stuff. I'm sure there's stuff that could be done better, but, like, for example, now when you quote a tweet, um, it on the official app, it'll show up as a reply. Like, yeah. They fixed like little things like that. There's a, there's little things like that in terms of a conceptual change. You know, I don't know because I kind of think of like right. Facebook's been around for a while now, just as like a direct list uh, in reverse chronological order. Yeah. Of updates, right? So it's either all the subscriptions, all the users you're subscribed to or following or whatever, or just the feed you're looking at, right? So if you you just look down. And you see it in reverse timeline. That so, I guess it's sort of like there's a reason it used to be referred to sometimes as microblogging, right? Just like a blog, uh, or at least originally was a uh, reverse chronological order was supposed. Uh, you know, uh, it. I guess these days now it's a uh, online platform for getting free dinners and uh, gift bags, right? 
Yes. If you're, and if you're a fashion blogger or a food blogger. Flexing your hashtag skills. Um, but here's the Guest thing. Blogging. You know, mm-hmm. I, I get emails from Twitter that are like, hey, hey, these big popular, you know, people and brands that you followed, they like this tweet. And I kind of feel like I don't really fucking care. Like, just because I like them and they like this, I, I get it. You think I'm going to like it or be interested in it. And maybe you have some algorithm behind that. But what I'm more interested in is send me an email that says, here's the, the five tweets you favorited in the last week, month, whatever, depending on, on how much you favorite. And you start to kind of see, what am I interested? What am I liking? Like, use it to give feedback on on what you're engaging with. You know, you've engaged with these kind of bloggers and these kind of things. They just do it in a very, like, like here's somebody you should talk to. Here's somebody you should like. Here's somebody you should follow. And they don't really help you engage in, in the conversation. You know, like so many people are like, ah, Twitter, I don't know, I'm too old for that shit, you know, but it's a really cool tool, but they, they don't do a good job of, of personalizing it. Like, like algorithms are sometimes just so unhuman, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like they're just, they just can't always do it. There's gotta be a, a human element and thought to what you're producing. We're humans <laughs> using it, you know? There are idiosyncrasies of, with humans, and, you know, like, and I guess that's maybe, like, user experience to a degree, but this, there's also just a thoughtfulness to what it is that you're making and doing. And that will bring you money. You know, if you think about creating something and don't think about the money, that's what happens. People think about, you get money-hungry, and they get crazy, and they start doing stupid things. Well, the well, the suggestion to alter the uh, the newsfeed did come from the chief financial officer, right? Yeah. There you go. The pressure on a public corporation to bring in profits. Yeah. Right. Right. Because, and that's the thing. You know, it's like okay, so I get it. Now they're on the um the stock market and they're being traded and and but here's the thing i mean i don't know too much about that i mean i i kind of hear it in an experience that and you know and what companies all answering to the stock market answering to the shareholders all that kind of stuff but like really like does it really just all turn evil when you go onto the market? Like, that seems to be everybody's thing. Well, it's the stockholders. Well, it's the shareholders. No, I understand what you're saying. No, like, no. doesn't it? Like, um, like it, it makes the shareholders out to be these evil, uh, vicious, well, money-hungry people. there's a couple problems with that. First of all, it, um, shareholders don't really control uh, companies very directly, right? Or there's right. so many layers in between. Um, but also... There, there is, um, there are people that will excuse, uh, well, they'll they'll apply, or, or more often, like you're talking about, excuse uh, disingenuous or even uh, unethical practices based on the catch-all argument that market discipline requires it. Exactly. That th- that can easily be bullshit, right? It's right. an argument you can always make. You can say market discipline requires you. To, you know, uh, uh, you, you know, like sleep on the cold. You know what I mean. You can you could come up with any argument. 
that comment was inspired by us <laughs> doing this podcast outside today. Yeah, well, <laughs> I guess I guess it might even seem like the uh, the cold uh, to you, right? It's it's like I, I, it feels pretty. I have a sweatshirt on, I guess. You sold it to me as oh, it's really nice outside, and I usually like better put on some layers though. So I have a blanket outside. It's okay though. I'm I'm okay with that. I'm I I like my blanket and I like being warm. I like doing podcasts outside. It's fun. It is a big week. What is today? Monday. Yeah. Today is Monday, September fifteenth, twenty fourteen. Wow. Uh, they um. Uh, th- there, there was an article. It, it's a website called JacobinMag.com, and uh, the article is called "Death to the Gamer." It's a little overwrought, and actually, I think the article it's a little short, like to really make its full point. But anyway, I, 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 I kind of enjoyed reading it. It, uh, it. It's basic argument, if I can be allowed to characterize it, is that. Uh, gaming culture is essentially corrupt or uh, hollow or whatever because it's based on consumption. That's the whole concept is, you know, consuming whatever uh, popular games corporations are putting out for people to use. And it is true that, like, like I mean, I kind of see this argument. Like, it, the backdrop is the, is this is this uh, stupid controversy about um, gaming journalists and and some woman who uh, had her affairs with said journalist exposed by an angry ex-boyfriend or something like that. But that's not even really worth getting mm-hmm. too, you know, focused on, you know. The, the kind of issue, though, is gaming culture, you know, is, is, is this worth anything? Like, there are people that identify as gamers, this, like, kind of tribal mentality. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, when you really get down to it, like, isn't it just something uh, that's based on a kind of, like, it is based on consumption. It is, I mean, I guess there are a lot of games that offer a certain amount of space for creativity these days, but really it is just, like, kind of a plugging in you know, tuning in, turning on, and, like, you know what I mean? Just, like, following along. Like, literally, you're, like, letting this um, supposed work of art train you in how to move your your fingers around on a controller or whatever. And, like, I mean, it is, it's, it's a sort of a training thing. I mean, right? Like, I mean, the military has used a... I mean, I think they they like that those shooters are so popular because it it uh, probably get, it, it helps recruit. I think it helps people get interested in the idea of running around with a gun, you know, shooting a bunch of people. Uh, but and anyway, I mean, I do play games. I have a PS3. I uh, I have a PS Vita. I play games on the iPhone. Uh, but I guess I guess I'm. It's easy for me to latch on to this argument too because I've it's never been a uh, a primary identity of mine I guess I've never I've never been you know what I mean a gamer before anything else I've just been someone who does enjoy uh, sitting and playing games sometimes 
A casual gamer. Yeah, but you know, that term has taken on a different meaning. Like, yeah. I have a casual interest in playing PS3, but I think casual gaming has is is kind of come to mean iOS or Android, hasn't yeah. it? Like, in some circles. But yeah. yeah. You know, because, and the other thing the is, I'm into circle, gaming though, sports that, and stuff. That's Sorry? like, in the, I, so I think in the gaming circle, like, there's like levels of games, and like those, mm-hmm. like casual gamer games, yeah. like are a subset. So, yes. in the gaming culture, and yeah. you know, to come back to your point about culture, if I say, you know, you're a noob or Woot or you're a casual gamer or you're into, you know, RPG, like there's a lot of language and lingo, and and I think there's there's a lot of things in games that let people explore things so it's it's very fantasy like very dream state like um but there is there is a there is a culture you know there's a a lot of you know discussions about women in games and you know the sexualization of women in games so you know if if there wasn't a, a culture um people wouldn't be talking about these kind of things and concerned about this because you know they're talking about it because they want to protect their culture they're part of the culture and as women and gamers they're like, hey, you know, I'd like to see a nice, strong female character who doesn't have tits the size of balloons. Because I, I, I don't have tits I, the size I, of balloons, I, I, you know? I, you know, I, I understand what you're saying, but I almost feel like the um, the tree has just been completely poisoned. I I, 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 I what? This, these, like, last few rounds of bullshit about the, um, the, uh, about, like, you're talking about women in gaming, but I think, like, first of all, there's a there was a Kickstarter not I don't know a year or two ago or something, and it was that woman Anna Sarkeesian and she raised money to do those videos those women in gaming trope, tropes in gaming yes video. you've I've showed you some of those right yeah. we've watched uh, one or two of those together or parts of them and uh, uh, you know it's like that has been extremely divisive now. Um, the, the, the games, you know what I mean? Like, like the games that I play, right? Like, d- different definitions of casualness. I think that's a good point that I don't identify maybe with that gaming culture thing that much because I play games that are really just, like, often simulators of things, uh, you know what I mean, An- that have analogs in the real world. Like, I want to play, uh, like, a racing game or, or a football game. You know, it's just like... Uh, I mean, it is gaming first, but it's also kind of football, you know yeah. what I mean? Or it's also kind of car racing. I mean, obviously, it's a simulator, it's a game, but but it's got, you know what I mean? Like, especially with the graphics these days and the interactivity of the games, it's very immersive. Uh, it, you know, it's it's, it's it, it can sort of be about that, that competition, in it, it, not the kind of the gamer quest. There's sort of this idea, you know, like, like you know, like the solo platformer for, for you know... For, say, you know, guys like me, you know, mid-30s, like, you're still, I think, a lot of guys my age still identify with the platformer as sort of the prototypical game. I don't. And I, I'm one of those people who is so glad. I, I remember when games were very simplistic, and I don't long for those at all. I'm so glad to see great 3D games, games where you can roam freely. I certainly, you know, wanted to roam freely before games like GTA 3 and others, you know, made that possible. And, like, so I, I just think... Like, gaming got pretty cool, and then I guess I stopped paying attention that much. And when I dip back in, it just seems like this really fraught situation. Like, 
like the gaming, like the okay, you're talking. There's there's not there's this Anna Sarkeesian in those videos, and and I think um, some of the points she makes are are, are valid, and I'm, I'm I'm pretty sympathetic to a lot of those ideas, but I, I can't say you know what I mean. Like I can maybe sometimes I see something that I that I that I don't uh, agree with her interpretation of, but I think like she has a lot of interesting points. Right. But it's it's caused a lot of division. It's caused a lot of camps and there's a certain element of personality to it there are a lot of people that rightly or wrongly are attacking the person do you know what i'm saying and i think i think it's it's wrongly uh, but it's it's beyond that it doesn't really matter it's just fraught you know kind of almost religious kind of like argument about it and um you know the, the the issue is you know is this gaming culture worth saving like is the idea that women can be afforded a place at the table i mean just in general like people people that don't fit a narrow gamer stereotype you know are they afforded a place at the table and is it going to evolve or is this whole idea do you know what i mean like the idea of empowering and fixing something that's essentially just based on, you know, indulgent consumerism, I, I guess, you know, like, it's it's just based on, you know, just, I mean, I mean, and I do think that there is, there is an element of creativity in games, and a lot of games, there's these building games like Minecraft, and there's a lot of stuff that's out there, uh, even just in, like, uh, you know, a lot of, a, a lot of, a whole range of different games that allow people to, uh, let, you know, you're, let's explore things, and, but, you know, in terms of, like, the whole idea of gaming culture, like, is it, you know, is it something that, that, you know what I mean, a place should be carved down for everybody, or is this just something that, that kind of stinks, and, you know, games aren't going to go anywhere, but the specific current, you know, contemporary gaming culture, is that worth saving? Well, I mean, you know, it's kind of gone back down to this simplistic form of gaming now so you heard that microsoft bought minecraft yeah that's been in the news and i thought that i saw that it had gone through for about two and a half billion dollars that the company i think they bought the parent company of minecraft which i think mainly just does minecraft uh mojang ab uh uh, from, from sweden yeah right so i mean i think you know when you have a big player like microsoft buying something like that yeah local company here you kind of like you step back and you're like huh so what do they think about this you know and and how does that does that taint the waters does that make it uncool you know poor microsoft but you know like what what does that say about the culture you know like the simplistic form of gaming you know don't need all the storylines and the flash and the bang yeah, well, people are worried about, you know, like, uh, will they leave it alone or will they be, you know, like... I am ordering the people, pray I don't order any further. Right. Because Microsoft is Darth Vader.
<laughs> My own laugh makes me laugh. <laughs> it does though, like the birds' tweets make them Right, tweet. exactly. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Jason from Henderson. Oh. Oh, the screen. <laughs> duck tour with um, Aaron from Australia and Vi and Michelle uh-huh. my mom uh, we got to this point where we were at a stop light and there was this homeless woman and you know she was with her cigarette in hand and you know disheveled hair and sort of that uh, probably almost kind of drunk or stoned or something she was trying to get the whole duck to sing her song. And so she's singing and she's like, and everybody's like, what? what? What is she saying? We can't, we can't figure out what she's saying. And then we figured out she was saying, I call the witch doctor, da, 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 you know, something like that. And so she's like, ooh, ee, ooh, ah, ah. And the whole duck bus goes, ting, ting, walla, walla, bing, bing. And she was like, yeah. And she got so excited. Instead of just saying, shut up already. <laughs> exactly. So then the light turns green and we drive off. And she's like, wait, wait, you can rent a bum. And everybody on the, <laughs> on the bus goes like, ew. Like, what would we want to rent a, rent a bum for? So it was a... Uh, it was a, a little moment there, but they they had some uh, some characters on the on the Seattle duck tour. So check that out. <laughs> This is podcast 138 uh, from the Pacific Pelican US slash 64 podcast with me, Dan McKeown, and with Jessica. Hi. (laughs) Well, uh, we have um, a, uh, well, I guess just uh, an event that we'll observe from across the ocean uh, coming up. Scotland is voting for independence. The uh, people of Scotland are going to vote on whether they want to become a 
sovereign, independent country. Do you think that'll really happen? Hard to predict because, I mean, I guess the polls are a few points in favor of no right now, but that gap has narrowed massively in the last few weeks. Uh, it's really hard to predict. I guess I just I don't have a good prediction, but I think there's a, there's a very good chance they will vote yes. What will that mean? Well, the implications are actually being debated. Like, people are talking about Scotland, if, if this goes through, becoming independent in 2016 or something, and uh, things have to be worked out, like what currency they would use, because uh, there's controversy about how well it would work with them using the British pound. Uh, the reality is they shouldn't. Well, what should they use? They should probably start their own currency. That's not the fashionable kind of view these days, right? People are joining the euro. People are dollarizing, mm-hmm. like Ecuador and Zimbabwe. People are, uh, you know, thinking about, you know, bigger currencies. But the fact is, um, uh, because they won't have members of parliament from Scotland, they won't be able to influence the Eng- English budget. If they can't influence the English budget, that means they have no control over fiscal policy. So they'll have the same problem that the periphery economies of the EU have right now, where Ireland and Spain and other countries have a hard time influencing what goes on in Frankfurt in terms of how to run the uh, monetary policy that's set at their at at the level of the uh, the European Central Bank. And what the Scots would face is they'd be able to set their own fiscal policy through tax and spending, but they wouldn't be able to set their own monetary policy because the Bank of England uh, would be setting it, I think, with the criteria of what's best for England and Wales. Right. <clears throat> and they don't have a lot of influence, so they're just, like you said, stuck in the same cycle. Maybe they don't have enough influence now, you know? Um, so it's, that's the question, right? That's sort of the, the circular argument. Like, well, maybe they don't have enough influence now, so they should just go independent. Um, I, I mean, what do you think? I mean, you know, if, if you feel, even if the whole country feels that way. Or 50% plus one. Or majority, do. rather, right feels that way, then I think it's worth exploring. I mean, as long as they feel like they're voting on something and they have a solid plan on what they want to do. You know, people get so like, you know, oh, this can't happen. But it's like, well, sure it can. You know, that's what the people want. Now, is it the best thing? I don't know. That's hard to say. I don't know how a country goes about leaving a pretty well- established currency and doing their own it's cool though it'd be cool to see like what they come up with and had they did they ever have their own at one time well the uh act the countries have had a an official union from the early 1700s maybe 1707 or so they had uh they've so uh since then they have had uh, essentially a union. So you go back far enough, I guess there was, you know, more independent stuff in Scotland, but even today, uh, they have their own, like, legal system. They have, they have a certain, you know, they have a certain amount of autonomy. Post-1997, they've had a Scottish Parliament, um, which has some devolved powers, as they say in the language of the, you know, uh, of, uh, yeah, democracy there. But, 
it's uh the question is you know how wouldn't they how would they how wouldn't they be all right on their own i mean some people might compare an independent scotland to ireland but it's a bigger country certainly population wise in ireland it might be more comparable to like a nordic country it's between those two i mean you know and uh uh, I think they're better off charting their own way. I mean, certainly Britain is dominated by England. You know, I mean, of course there have been, um, there there have been like, like like kings from Scotland, right? There have been prime ministers from Scotland. It's not exactly like that um, part of the of that part of Britain hasn't been represented. I, I guess historically Scotland was overrepresented in the parliament and then the representation got more even when they got their own parliament so kind of what's happened is the power has sort of been moving you know away from Westminster for a while and you know the 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 issue isn't one like it was in Ireland where Republican you know uh, convictions in Ireland are very strong among a lot of people. Now there were royalists or whatever, but you know Ireland made a very definitive move to uh, m- make itself independent of England and to not—it's not a member of the Commonwealth or anything. It doesn't recognize the Queen, you know, as anything other than a foreign head of state. Uh, now, the uh, the First Minister of Scotland um, is talking about having the Queen. St- be the the queen be the head of state of Scotland and having the pound be the currency. So the question is, how much independence does this guy really want? And it almost seems like maybe he's like leading them to a new era, and then someone else will have to take over because he doesn't seem to maybe want to follow through with it. You know what I mean? Like keeping those two in place. I'm not. I'm just saying, if you're gonna go for independence, wouldn't you feel like that would probably be part of the deal to have a. a your own head of state and your own currency mm-hmm. if you're going to be independent but that's not the way you know i mean like there's other issues i guess there's a lot of scottish pride too but they do have a long history of like kind of working with the british right like ireland was always this very rocky very terse relationship and there are waters that separate the countries whereas scotland and england they are you know contiguous um but do you know what I mean? Aren't they sort of thought of as separate nations? I feel like you know I was I've I've been there to London and to Edinburgh, and I would say they're they're you know they're very different countries in a lot of ways. The the first minister of uh, Scotland is this guy named Alex Salmond. Um, he uh, he's been leading the independence uh, like movement for a while. Um, this is his big moment. Yeah. Because if it goes up, it goes up to this point, and then if they vote yes, things keep moving really fast. If they vote no, then what happens, right? I guess England has already promised some extra devolution, some extra stuff for Scotland. They're trying to induce, you know what I mean? They they actually canceled the prime minister's questions so that separately, the prime minister and the leader of the opposition, David Cameron and Ed Miliband, could both tour Scotland and try to make the case that they should stay in the union. Mm. What's in it for them? Uh, Losing. A lot of land, yes. I guess the, they keep mm-hmm. saying, you know, this would happen. David Cameron would be the man who, who oversaw the dissolution of the so-called United Kingdom. You know, 
Well. Ah, I wouldn't be united anymore. <laughs> uh, I guess there, there's like, you know, there's clips of the, the debate and stuff, but, you know, they're just going to be arguing. They argue like they're, uh, you know, local issues. They're, you know, the, the issues that Scottish people want to discuss um and then there's some english and welsh people complaining that they uh, this is the most absurd thing i've heard maybe ever by the way that they're complaining they don't get a vote <laughs> um the, meanwhile in america this kind of shit is being debated if the experts conclude that your creation evidence is stronger than my evolution evidence i will give you one million dollars
It's, it has nothing to do with women's brains or, or their hearts. Right, so Maureen, would you say that the left is tolerant as long as you agree with them 100%? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, we're, we're getting to a point now where conservative women are afraid to speak out on anything. For instance, I talk to a lot of mothers about the Common Core issue, and they're a little bit afraid, they're a little bit hesitant to go in and talk to their school boards because they know oh, they're going to get shouted down, possibly arrested like that father did just by asking questions. So there is no tolerance on their side. Unless you agree with it. Yeah, perspective. You used to be a Democrat and, and switch parties. So, with Senator Anne Marie, when I was a when I was a kid, of course, I worked for Bobby Kennedy way back in the day. And of Just course, growing up in Hollywood like I did, that's all I knew. I mean, I w I've been in the business since 1956, oh. working, as and so as a child actor and. That's all it is. It was more and more and more liberal and push an agenda and our culture starting to deteriorate. And we've seen it too very strongly. Alright, well, this goes on for a couple more minutes. It's fucking stupid like like book tour like these three women it took it took all three of them to write this stupid book like they're all like like you know they're like i like how they said conservative women are getting afraid to speak out you mean like how many conservative women are like left like i know there's like the republican like wives club you know like fox news like panel but like how many women support that shit these days? Well, she was saying, like, you know, mothers and um, going to the school board and going to the principal and that kind of stuff. So she's putting the, she's playing the mother card. Yeah, I think. It's a joke. It's a fucking joke. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, So, uh, uh, we were talking about Ohio, uh, recently, uh, well, you know, where, where we used to live, um, so there's a, uh, there's a story, uh, uh, from W-O-I-O, -O, um, <laughs> Garfield Heights, uh, quote, high school football season kicked off with the Collinwood Railroaders taking on the Garfield Heights Bulldogs, but it was the action in the stands and not on the field that caught everyone's attention. Fans Hello. rumbled. Police were called in, and before long, several people were arrested. The game was called off, and both teams took a loss. <sighs> oh. Tough man, indeed. Quote, unquote, there should be disciplinary action taken, but I hate to see they're going to take the win from them, end quote, unquote, said Dave Edmonds, a Garfield Heights parent. Police are still investigating, but parents and fans on both sides are upset. Oh, blah, blah. Um, anyway, it goes on. Um, there was, ba yeah, there was a fight in the stands, and they called the whole game off. Nice job, Ohio. 